You're listening to a message from the Winsboro Church of Christ. This is the Winsboro.Church podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or prayer requests, you can get in touch with us at any time through our website at Winsboro.Church. As you look at the story of Jesus and his life, and we finished up Mark, and now we're in Luke. We're in Luke chapter 2 at the end of the chapter, and we are at a pretty fun little story that seems to be unique in all the gospel accounts. Luke lets us peer into an event that happened when Jesus was just 12 years old. Um, Matthew and Luke both talk about the birth of Jesus. Mark and John just start with his baptism, but Matthew and Luke get to the baptism very quickly after his birth, and there's not a lot in between. And we know that Jesus was about 30 when he entered his ministry. So the only picture we have of Jesus between the years of being an infant to being a 30-year-old man beginning his teaching and ministry and the baptism of John the Baptist. It's a pretty big void. 30 years is a long time just to skip over. Luke is the only one that just lets us have a peek at what was going on in the meantime. And it's a cool story. It's a comforting story because Jesus gets left behind. And as a father of six, I have to admit there have been a few (laughs) occasions where maybe a child of mine got left behind. If you want more details, ask Payson. He seems to be the one most frequently in that position. Uh, The boy is kind of slow as far as... uh, (laughs) He's very bright, but he is slow in how he moves. And so when I say go get in the van... He doesn't always head straight there. And if we're in a hurry and we leave, yeah, he's been left behind. And I can blame it on him, but no, it's the parent, obviously, that should know where their children are. That's the way parents should be. But I'm comforted in the fact that I'm not the only parent. Not just the movie Home Alone, but the Bible itself. Even the mother of Jesus, Mary, and his earthly father, Joseph, and you know, God calls Mary his favored one. Whenever he makes a pronouncement, she's going to give birth to the Messiah. And she was favored by God. So if she can forget a child, it's okay if I do too. At least that's how I take it. But uh, if you have raised children, even being a child, you might have been the one left on an occasion. It happens. And generally, it's not the end of the world. It's not like the movie Home Alone all the time. It's just a normal thing. And a few minutes later, somebody remembers, oh yeah, where's Payson? Uh, Or where's one of my other children? I can only imagine being Mary and Joseph. Great, we've lost the Son of God. (laughs) Uh, It would be a a stressful moment. Well, one of two ways, I guess. Either not stressed at all, like, well, I guess God's taking care of him. I don't know where he's at, but God obviously wouldn't let his Messiah get lost and eaten by an alligator or something. So he's he's probably fine, but kind of nervous. I, I would probably be on the nervous side thinking, great, God entrusted us with you know, the future of humankind, with the Messiah, the kingdom, and we've lost him. Uh, God's not going to be too happy about that. Not, I don't know. We're not told any of that, and I'm kind of inferring it. and That's okay, but... What we, are, what we are told is that Mary and Joseph go back to Jerusalem. Realizing he's not with them, he must still be in Jerusalem at the feast because they were on the way home. And they search 
and eventually find him again three days later. Where is he at? He's in the temple. Let's read about it. Luke chapter 2. After three days they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard Jesus were astonished at his understanding and his answers. So Jesus is, not surprisingly to us, again, we are removed and can see Jesus' whole life and story and know exactly who he is from all of Scripture. Even And I say know exactly, it still boggles the mind, but he is God made flesh. He is the Son of God. He is the full representation of God's divine qualities. And he's sitting in the temple, and it's no surprise to us that he's going to know his stuff. That he's going to have be able to converse with the most esteemed religious leaders in Jerusalem, who would have been the ones gathering around Jerusalem talking. And everybody's amazed at this 12-year-old child is so beyond his years and so beyond uh, the basic understanding of what you would expect that he is talking and asking questions and probably putting them on the spot like he often did later in life. And uh, I don't think he's asking questions trying to necessarily learn something about God he didn't already know, but no asking questions to make them think. And, And they're amazed, they're astounded. And Mary walks up to him. Remember, it's been three whole days since she hasn't seen him. So I imagine there is a mixture of joy and relief and some frustration that has been building over these past three days. And that comes out. Verse 48, when his parents saw him, they were overwhelmed. Doesn't say what they're overwhelmed with. Overwhelmed with joy, maybe overwhelmed with anger, Maybe that too. Maybe all of it. As a parent, that's a common, a, a feeling I can appreciate. They were overwhelmed. His mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Why have you done this to us? We're your parents. We're worried sick about you. Why were you sitting here acting like, oh, what's the big deal? I'm just hanging out. And don't you know that we've been looking for you? Haven't you thought, you know, hey, I should be with my parents? And that's a normal thought for a child to have. Why are you doing this? Why have you treated us this way? Look, your father and I have been looking for you anxiously. We've been worried sick. But he replied, verse 49, Why were you looking for me? (laughs) Uh, He's been asking the teachers in Israel questions that amaze them. And here he asks his parents a question that's kind of amazing uh, as far as not trying to understand. He, he's not saying, teach me about the way it should be. He's more saying, don't you know how it would be? Don't you realize? You've been anxious? Why? Why have you been worried? I've told my mom that several times and it's never quite been received the way that all always say positively. You know, I'm when I was in high school and college, I'd come in late at night sometimes and my mom would be meeting me at the door pretty frustrated that she didn't know where I was. I could have been in a ditch somewhere. And I said, Mom, why are you worried about it? I'm fine. I can drive. I'm a drone person, as I thought in my mind at least. And so I had this response of, why are you so worried? 
You shouldn't be so worried. Well, generally not what you want to tell a parent. But Jesus says it. He says, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know that I must be in my Father's house? That's Jesus' response. And it's a amazing response. That I mean, the teachers are amazed. I imagine Mom and Dad would have been amazed. We're not told how they received all this, except that they went home and Jesus submitted and obeyed to his parents. Uh, I don't know if there was some discipline involved. I can't, I mean, I have a hard time thinking about spanking the Son of God or anything, but I know as a parent, I would not have appreciated that response. So um, we're not told those details. We're just that he submitted and did go home with Mary and Joseph. But uh, his words... Again, Luke lets us peer into this event that happened with Jesus was 12 to, again, promote this journey we're going to take with Jesus as far as, don't you know who, what he's about? Don't, don't, don't you know where he's going to be? Now, you know, this is so amazing to us, but to Jesus, it was, of course, how can it be any other way? Where else would I be but in my father's house? And that phrase, in my father's house, is how modern translations usually say it. The NIV, my NET here, and most other translations that are current. The King James, however, says it differently. About my father's business. And we wonder, well, why is it different? The word is not in the original language at all. There are words that are common or ideas that are common in lots of languages, and English has this too, where we don't say them because it's assumed everybody knows what you're talking about. And if you speak the language, then of course, and you grow up hearing the language and you're fluent in the language, uh, you know exactly what they're talking about. But... If not, if it's a second language, if it's a learned language, if you're trying to learn it, and especially for us, if we're a few thousand years removed from that language, then for them to just leave out a word makes us scratch our heads. But it happens fairly often, and a common fill-in-the-blank, because that's basically the phrase, uh, how it was used. You know, literally, he says, don't you know that I must be in the of my father in the what is our response and if you maybe have a footnote along this line in your bible if your bible has footnotes like this that that word's just not there it's assumed and you can kind of figure out what he's talking about and modern translations say it's house because they're looking for the place where jesus was they've been on this journey looking for where he was and when they get to him, he says, I'm in the blank of my father. Well, the house of my father, in my father's house. Makes sense, because that's where he's sitting in the temple. King James, though, the translators for the King James, way back 500 years ago, 400 years ago, sorry, they went a different, little bit different direction. They said, about my father's business. And I like that. And another way you could say that's often the way that English will translate a, an omission like this is just the generic things. 
a lot of other verses that have this same uh, fill-in-the-blank kind of style to them. It just means the things of my Father. And I like that. And I, and I like the King James way of doing it. There's, sometimes I read the King James and I think about the translators, even though it's been 400 years ago, and think, why do they do that? That doesn't make any sense. And I like the modern translations a lot better. Sometimes I read the modern translations and I scratch my head and I think, why do they do that? And one reason I really like the NET translation, not that I agree and love everything that it's worded all the time, but there's notes. Of, and they explain why they translated it that way, and I love that transparency. And so it's become my favorite translation in recent years, and why I use it all the time when I preach and teach. And I, and I like other translations too, and I'll use them. But my go-to has become NET because I can quickly look down on the footnote, and you know, if I have the question, why did they translate it that way, they tell me. So, very transparent, very kind of open the curtain, let me see why they made the choices they made, because translation is all about making choices of how to translate words and phrases. And I just appreciate the fact that they're willing to let me know, to be honest with me and forthright. And even if I disagree with them, I say, oh, well, I see where they're coming from. And I'm no amazing translator, so... I, I can somewhat trust the, the fact the team of guys that translated it, but I can also say, well, I wouldn't have done it quite that way. And this is one of those instances whenever I can just say, I wouldn't have done it that way. I wouldn't have said in my father's house. I don't know if in King James I would have said in my father's business. I just would have said about the things of my father. But I can see how father's business is a cool translation. And that's the title of, the, of this sermon series, About My Father's Business. And, and Luke sets us up from this strange phrase of Jesus, I am in the of my Father. Well, in the house of my Father, in the place of my Father, but in the everything of my Father. If my Father's doing it, if my Father's there, if my Father's involved, Jesus says, of course, that's where I'm going to be. And he tells us that in this phrase, Strange phrase, but phrase in Luke chapter 2, verse 49. Yet his parents did not understand the remark he made. So if we don't quite understand it, I guess it's okay. Mary and Joseph didn't either. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God with people. As we start a series, this is the first of three, My Father's Business, we're going to see later on after his baptism how Jesus is dedicated to doing the work of his Father. And that starts here in Luke chapter 2, that Jesus is dedicated to his Father. That If you wonder, well, where's Jesus? Where, where else would he be? And that's what he asked his mom. Where else would I be? It took you three days to find me? You could have found me in two minutes. You should have known exactly where to look that I would be about the things of my father. I would be about the business of my father. Of course. Think I'd be off doing something else? No. I'm dedicated to my father. He goes home with his parents, but 
This sets the stage of his whole life to come. Especially the life that we're going to really see explained to us in detail, the years of his earthly ministry. And the miracles he did, and his teachings, and the way he interacted with people that all the time, this theme carries over. I'm about my father's business. I'm doing the things the way my father wants them done. I'm in the places where my father wants me to be. And if something's going on that is honoring my father, I'm going to be there too. Engaging, participating in it. And oh, I hope we have that same mentality. That if something of God is going on, if God's at work somewhere, I want to be right there too. I hope we eagerly crave that the way that Jesus did. That, you know, where else would I be but doing the things of my Father? And one way we can look at it is, is he's in the place where his Father is at work. And that's the translation, again, most modern ones go with, he's in his Father's house. And that's a good thing for us to desire and want as well, that wherever God is, I want to be. And that's why we go to church. And that's why we log on and watch church online if we can't be in person there and get, totally get it. And we're trying as hard as we can to know how to navigate this mess. But making sure that God is still at work. Not just in me, because I'm a preacher. No, His Spirit is moving amongst all people everywhere. And any moments and in events, and often, I think, church events and church buildings. And that's good. And in homes where people are worshiping, that's good. And, you know, COVID has taught me even more so how much I miss being with fellow Christians when I'm unable to. As a preacher, I'm around fellow Christians a lot. I don't miss too many Sundays because I'm expected to be there to give the sermon. Uh, and occasionally it's nice to have a vacation. It's nice to have a reprieve, uh, to take a break. Uh, like Jesus, even later after his baptism, going 40 days in the wilderness. And those 40 days, I don't want to, doesn't seem like he went to synagogue. You know, they're church services, they would have experienced it in Jesus' day. He goes to a lot of synagogues after, but to get ready for his ministry, he spends 40 days out by himself, communing just with his Father. And sometimes God's at work in places of isolation. Absolutely he is. But he's often at work in communities of his people. And there's nothing special about our building. I'm in one of the classrooms now recording this. Sometimes I've recorded in the auditorium. And whether it's the auditorium or my office or whatever, there's nothing inherently divine about the, the bricks and the mortar and the roof and the flooring and all that that makes up our church building. Not even close. But Jesus did say, Where two or more gather in my name, there I am also. I believe the Father is there. And Jesus, well, that's where Jesus would be. 
If his father's there, that's where Jesus will be. And I want us to have that same approach. And, you know, sometimes we're limited. Sometimes, again, this whole COVID mess has kept us from being the community that we would want to be. And, oh, I tell you what, like I said, if it's done anything, it's made me appreciate it. Of how much I long for it when I don't get it. And, uh... It's beautiful. And to see God at work, well, that's where I want to be. And so Sunday morning, I want to be in church. I want to be in the worship service of my brothers and sisters in Christ because of that compelling belief and feeling even. Uh, God is here. And if my Father's there, I want to be there too. That's what Jesus said when he was 12 years old. I'm going to be where my father's at. And like the King James says, about my father's business. Or we could say about my father's work. That is not about the place, necessarily. It's any place where God is doing something, I want to be engaged in doing it too. Uh, and I think I, I need to get better at this because... I'm a preacher for Churches of Christ, and obviously right now, the Winsboro Church of Christ, we love it here, and I hope I'm here a long, long time. Uh, I'm looking forward to one day retiring from here, uh, or whatever God has in store, I want to be faithful. But as a preacher for a local congregation, I can kind of get caught up in focusing on just what God's doing here in this little corner of East Texas, in this little building, or this family of believers here, and not realize He's at work everywhere. I can get tunnel vision about what God is up to because I'm in this tunnel, <laughs> the tunnel of my limited uh, perspective of, you know, this church here in this community in this place and, and and sometimes the other things going on around the world seem so far away and so not even connected to me but they are and even in the other side of the world I believe God's at work and down the street God's at work and in other churches. Now I would argue even not churches of Christ. That God's still at work. Absolutely. Uh, that God, God is at work in the lives of people who need him. Whether we see it or not. Whether we appreciate it or not. Whether we respond well or not. God is at work. And I want to be at work too. And I, I don't want to work. God's at work here and Colby's working over here. No, uh, I want to be engaging in the work of my God. And, and I use that philosophy whenever I think about participating in events. Uh, you know, I was at a breakfast yesterday morning with David Rose, the preacher at First Baptist, and he organized this breakfast with lots of preachers in town from all different denominations and groups and I was glad to go and hear what was going on in you know, their churches and while we have some differences, some significant ones and I'm not going to just change and become just like them by any means because some of our differences 
I think, are well-grounded in Scripture and I want to hold on to being well-grounded in Scripture, whether I look like somebody else or not. But I'm not going to be so blind to think that God's not at work. And if they are doing something that honors God, that blesses people's lives, that shows the love and generosity and kindness of Jesus, my approach is, oh, let me do it too. <laughs> I'll help. I'll be there. And I'm not afraid to... Uh, some people, well, I don't want to give them my approval. <laughs> I don't think anybody cares about my approval. I don't really care about theirs. And I don't think they care about my approval, but I approve all their doctrine and all their teachings and all the way they do stuff. No, but I tell you what, if they're doing something good, if they're doing something that glorifies God, I want in. And, you know, Jesus was sitting in the temple with teachers and asking questions, talking with them, and I can guarantee you they weren't as smart as him. I can guarantee you that they had big holes in their understanding of God, whereas he did not. And later on, especially when Jesus is at the temple and he overturns the tables and clears it out uh, because they're treating his father's house like a den of robbers, he says. A huge moment that really does propel him directly to the cross. So if there's anything that makes somebody mad, it's going into one of their sacred spaces and not just saying you're against it, but showing you're against it. It's a huge moment. And so we can see that Jesus had some disparity with the religious leaders of his day. And I think we can safely assume that 18 years earlier, he still would have had huge disparities with the religious leaders of his day. But you know what he wasn't afraid to do? He wasn't afraid to talk to them, ask them questions, sit down and have an honest conversation and see if maybe we can help point each other to God. God's work was going on that day. People were talking about God, engaging and thinking about the scriptures. And if that's happening, I'll be there. I want to be there. Let me let me come in. Let me come over and I'll engage too because that's the good stuff. That's being about my father's work. And lastly, I want to be with my father's people. And this is how, I guess, I see the first two coming together. The, the place where my father's at work, the work my father's doing, put those together, and what do you get? God's people. That's where he works. That's how he works. He works through his children. He works through his followers. And that doesn't mean that we don't need our time in the wilderness. We don't need our time of isolation and individual focus, yes, but I, I want to see people hungering for God's Word. And, oh, let's hunger together. Let's feast together on the Word that we do have provided for us. Let's be filled with righteousness. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled, Jesus says. And so those who hunger and thirst in Jesus wasn't afraid to hang out with sinners, tax collectors, prostitutes, you name it. But if they were craving God, Jesus said, ah, those, those are my people. In Luke chapter 8, verse 19, Now Jesus' mother and his brothers came to him. So they're looking for him again. He's many years older now, and they know where to find him. 
maybe they're starting to guess, well, he's where the crazy stuff is happening. Well, he's where God's stuff is happening. His mother and brothers came to him, but they could not get near him because of the crowd. So he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. But he replied, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Now, in one instance, you got the sting. Ouch. No, this is Mary we're talking about. The highly favored one of God. The one who has been you know, protecting Jesus. Well, for three days she lost him, but we won't talk about that. The rest of the time, doing a good job of guarding Jesus, watching over him. And she treasured these things up in her heart. Luke tells us a few times a beautiful phrase about her motherly, I think, love for her, her son. Even though knowing he was something so different and so special. Uh, and uh, anticipating what might come in the future. But, you know, she, as any mother, and we're getting close to Mother's Day, uh, it's hard work. It's a dedicated life. Talk about Jesus being dedicated to his father. His mother was dedicated to him. We can easily say. And yet here, his mother and his brothers are standing outside, wanting to get to Jesus. And we're told in other instances that they're kind of worried about him because he's acting crazy. He's acting like he's the son of God or something. And maybe they've forgotten that he's to be about his father's business, like he told him when he was 12. But they came maybe to take him home and uh, put him in some counseling, have an intervention, I don't know. But they tell Jesus, your mother and your brothers are here. Family, aren't you going to go out and see them? And Jesus says, my mother and my brothers are right here. Those that hear the word of God and do it. That's the people of God. That's the place where God is and that's the work God is doing. He is calling people to himself to hear his words and to do it. And that's his father's things. The place, the work, and especially people. And Jesus is a great example to us. And I would hope I can respond the way Jesus did. So when his mother got there and said, Jesus, where have you been? He said, well, I've been the only place I could be. I've been about the things of my father. And if people ask me, Colby, why are you doing that? Why are you going over there? Colby, why do you go to church? I want to be where my father is. Colby, why did you become a preacher? I want to do the work of my father. Colby, why do you have six kids? Well, not that smaller families and even bigger families still can't be, you know, doing the same thing, but whatever size family I have, I hope that my family glorifies God and that it's a place where I do the work of my father. Now, after I record this, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go to soccer practice with Slater and come home and eat. And Why do all that? Well, I want to be doing the work that glorifies my father. And it's not always just at the church building. And we see Jesus. And then notice that after he's at the church building, at the temple, doing having these conversations with these religious leaders, you know what he does? 
He says, all right, Mom and Dad. Mary and Joseph. I'll go home with you. Because that honors my father, too. To respect my parents. He goes home and is obedient to them. So being about my father's work, you know, when big, amazing things are happening, I want to be there, but even small, ordinary things, like simply at my house with my wife and my kids, going and doing the things that families do. If I'm faithful, if I'm honorable, if I'm exhibiting the spirit and nature of Jesus, I'm, I'm about my father's business. Whether they're at the church or at another job, anywhere wherever whatever God is doing I want to be a part of it and be about his business